is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And I'm also Dan, and I used to be in Hallmark movies. And this is the Deck the Hallmark podcast. Everybody. This is the last episode of Deck the Hallmark. We said that with uh, with what a couple weeks ago, but it's true now yeah, because we yeah, got yeah. Daniel Listing on the uh, program. That's listen, it. Listen, here's it. the thing, everybody out there, uh, all the hardies out there that listen every Christmas time when we do the Christmas episode of When Call the Heart and don't do anything else, and you get all mad at us because we don't watch the show except at Christmas time and we don't understand what's going on in the show and we crap on it. Well, today's the day. You, you're you're yeah. welcome. You're Dan- welcome. Daniel Lissing is announcing that the ghost of Jack will be back in season seven, right? It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. Well, well the, the fact that season seven just finished airing. They season eight. We'll cut it in post. Season eight. So you're saying you were there as Ghost Jack and they cut all your scenes, Daniel? That, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, guys, uh, let me just say, I'm very, very happy to be here with you. It's been a long time coming. It has yeah. been a long time coming. Uh, I watched an interview of yours uh, not too long ago, and it was yeah. you and this other guy, and you were doing crafts together, and you were asking, uh, answering questions. <laughs> uh, what a great idea. Uh, we didn't prepare any crafts today, but hopefully we can still have a good time Did you together. try to say prepare and not For get sure. it out And there? you just yeah. said prayer. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> we don't, hopefully we don't have to pray over any crafts today. Uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. see what happens. Uh, Daniel, welcome. Uh, it is such an honor for you to uh, to join us today. Uh, we're going to dive into so many things, including the hearts uh, of when they're coming and whatnot. when they're calling. Uh, right. But uh, <laughs> first, we got to know a little bit more about you. Uh, you have sure. a bit of, you have a bit of an accent. I don't know if anyone's told you that, uh, but <laughs> yeah. it's really delightful. Uh, so, uh, one, uh, where are you from? Two, um, tell us a little bit about your childhood and when you kind of began to become interested in this acting thing um, that sure. you are doing now. Great, yeah. So I was born in Sydney, Australia, um, nineteen eighty one. Nice, uh, and and I grew up. Um, Around the eastern suburbs of Sydney, which is like, you know, uh, on the coast there. So lots of kind of like outdoor lifestyle beaches. I had a very happy upbringing, lots of sports. I have a younger sister, Tamara. And, um, you know, a pretty uh, pretty kind of like average, you know, middle class upbringing in, in Australia, which is like, you know, a good 80 to 90 percent of the population there. Um you know, nothing, nothing spectacular, but uh, very grateful for the childhood I had. And um, I, I guess, you know, I got into acting a little, I dabbled here and there, you know, but I got into acting a little later than, uh, than um, some of my, um, uh, you know, friends that are, that are actors. I, I started really getting sort of serious about it and, and realized that I wanted to do this for a career and put my head down with it when I was about 27 years old or 28 years old. I had, um, I, I did a short film and, uh, I worked with an American director that was in the, in a Sydney for, for this like short film festival. And, and it was such a, um, exciting collaborative experience that I was like, I, I got the bug, you know, when they, they say you get the bug, 
that's that's when I got the bug and I was like, I have to do this. <laughs> what were you planning on doing before that? Like, what were your goals? I mean, you didn't get into it until 27, 28. What were you thinking? Well, I, I was already, you know, I'd worked a little bit as an actor, but I was already um, writing and producing music and, mm-hmm. and doing gigs around touring, all that kind of stuff. So I'd been into music from from a pretty, you know, early age. And then when I had uh, finished school, I just got straight into to that uh, world. And then by the time I'd, um, you know, I'd done this short film, uh, I'd, I was really deep in to, to running my own um, private event company with, you know, getting, um, putting together bands or acts or whatever to uh, do corporate events and things like that. So I was, I was doing that. I was playing gigs. I was writing music. I was producing music. And then, uh, I did a short film, you know, just for, you know, it's a sideline kind of thing. And, and as soon as I did that, I was like, I just dropped everything else wow. and concentrated wow. on, uh, on, uh, actually I knew I wanted to work in the States. Mm. So I just, for like two years straight in my, uh, in my house, I was, I was living with another actor at the time. Uh, and we, uh, we would just talk in American accent around wow. our house, like, all day, all day. And, um, yeah, that was kind of like how I, I, st- I started. And then within like, you know, two, two years, two and a half years, most like, two and a half years, I'd say, uh, I'd, I'd booked my first pilot and wow. moved to, moved to Hawaii. What was yeah. the, uh, what's the hardest part or what was the hardest part of getting the American accents down as an Australian? <clears throat> well, like when you're acquiring any kind of dialect, you know, you really have to, uh, not, to, to get the technicalities is one thing to sound natural is completely, it's still a challenge for me, you know, cause my natural accent is an Australian, well, a pretty neutral Australian accent. I don't have a very strong Australian accent, but, um, it's, it's about getting the fluidity of it. And so when I was, <laughs> I was very technical about it and I could roll my R's and, and say my lines perfectly and really everything was technical but uh, I was working on a show called Last Resort in Hawaii, and uh, and Scott Speedman was um, the lead of that show, and he's like, you know, we, we were mates, and you know, he's like, just best bit of advice with the accent is just mumble it, man, just mumble your way through. So once you have the technicalities, just throw it all away. So it just kind of all flows in one nice kind of like, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that actually helped, and it makes it just sound so. There's a lot more fluidity to it. So yeah. it's just acquiring the the technicality and then making it look effortless is the challenge. La- Last resort is with Andre Brower and Scott Speedman, correct? And it was the guy, the guy that did the shield. I remember watching the pilot and loving it. Is that right. you had to feel like on that show, you had to feel like this thing's going to be on the air for years. Like, well, it should have been. In yes. My opinion, you know, that was, you know, the most exciting uh, show that I, I could have dreamed of being a part of, you know, uh, I, I got to work with Navy SEALs. I played in Navy SEAL. Um, I was working with Sean Ryan, who is just a prolific uh you know, showrunner, writer, producer, who, you know, <laughs> I, I had a, a chat with him on FaceTime before the I tested for that because I was doing it from Australia, and he's like, "So, man, you wanna uh, you wanna live in Hawaii for a while?" And I was like, 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was an F before the yes. That's right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Come yeah, on, yes. man. So it was great, you know, and being on that show was, I mean, it was a, a great big a network show, an amazing cast. Uh, and, you know, it, the, the thing is with that show is right at that time where, where the, um, you know, content started to change in the way people viewed their television shows. Sure. Because DVR came in then and the days of like, you know, Lost being on the network and getting like, you know, 4.0 in the demographic and 18 million viewers on these network shows on a Thursday night were, were gone because people wanted to DVR it and watch their content in one hit. And as that rolled out and that technology rolled out, the networks hadn't caught up to it yet. And so they saw our numbers that by today's standards was phenomenal. Yep. But – uh, it was right at that time where I feel like the networks were still going, is this what it is now or is this just like a, kind of not hitting the mark that we're, that we're expecting? And so we, we did 13 episodes and then we got cancelled, which yeah. was heartbreaking. I loved you know? the show. Like I was a fan of the show when it came on. When it aired, I watched it every week. And so that was yeah. disappointing for me, but it just had a feel of a show that could go for years and years. And I know as an actor and we, we get to talk to an actor every week and they always yeah. tell you that, Hey, you do a hundred auditions. You may get two or three callbacks. And when you find a show and you get cast in that show, you have this feeling, you know, like, Oh, this probably won't make the air or this will just be a pilot. And then sometimes you get mm. that feeling of, I've got, this is the one, this is the show that I'm going to yeah. get the residuals on forever that people are going to watch <laughs> for years and years. It's special. The creators are special. The actors are special. And yeah. I like just watching last resort, I had that feeling. And so I can't imagine being a young actor getting to leave Australia, going to Hawaii and then thinking, I mean, I, I'm not trying to put thoughts in your head, but it, I mean, it had to feel. Yes, you that, are Dan. Come on, man. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> he uh, just got through this and now you're just bringing it back again. Yeah. He's finally just, come yeah, over the hump. Yeah. It took him, 10 years yeah. and dying as Jack yes. to get, get over last resort. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I just, I, 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 Look, it's yeah. fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, I was just grateful to be there, you know, yeah. I, I, as, as a guy growing up in, you know, the suburbs of Sydney, uh, just to be working in the States, no matter what the job is, is like, man, you know, when I, when I talk to my mates back home, it's like, can you believe what you're doing? And I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> it's, it is, it is, uh, I feel very, uh, Lucky to have. Uh, I mean, look, look, anytime you work, it's just such a fickle industry. You don't, you never know if it's going to pop. You never know when your next role is going to be, unless you're creating yourself, you know. And Ghost and, Jack, if you will, yeah. <laughs> Ghost Jack, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you know, when I was when I was doing Last Resort, that was um, it, it. Didn't the gravity of it and the importance of that actually? working on a show like that that gets does a pilot that gets picked up to series that does 13 episodes um that gets the numbers that it did uh and when it got cancelled uh there was sort of rumors about that happening maybe three or four weeks before it happened so because i was you know so new to it all it didn't really like i'm like no worries i'll just jump on something else it'll yeah. be fine but wow what an amazing experience um so it didn't really affect me in the way that maybe it would now. Yeah. yeah. Do you, I, how, how often do you go back to Australia, see all your mates back in Australia? Yeah. You know, we try and get back like once a year nice. for, for a decent amount of time. We sort of spent two months there wow. over, over the holidays this time after doing a, a nice trip to Japan and Bali, 
we try, I travel. I've always traveled, you know, and I think that's one of the my great joys in, in life. And now uh, my partner Nadia and I, we, we travel whenever we can. Obviously not at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you know, uh, you, you did the, the music stuff, which is, which is awesome. Did you, do you know a yeah. band from Australia called Shepherd by any chance? I've heard of Shepherd, but I couldn't sing any of the songs. That's okay. Uh, it was yeah. it's a very it's, it's a very a long, long story, and it's not really worth to tell telling. It, I would tell it if you knew him, but it's not yeah, worth. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's a there's a, there's TV shows in Australia. Like Australia has a a, a market, and they make some stuff. Sure. Is there yeah. is there still the, the desire for most actors in Australia? Like America is the place to go to do yeah. TV. Like in Australia, the market in Australia is secondary to uh, American media. It depends on what your goals are, but I mean, if, if there there are actors in Australia that um, carve out a really nice career, uh, the content in Australia it's it's a small market, but it's a pretty really solid market. You know, Australia has some fantastic shows. Uh, the difference is in the states is just there's so much more. The budget's so much higher. You've got um, you know the the I would say you know a, a larger a majority of the best people in the world working in in the biggest industry in the world. And so the states in regards to, you know, the size of of the kind of shows and, and um, films that, that are made here, America is definitely the place to be. For an actor like me, uh, I, I never had too much success in Australia as an actor, you know, um, but people – you know, love living in Australia. I, I've I've talked often about um, going back and doing some work there because you know to to work, it's a great lifestyle. You know, in, in Australia, we're a very lucky, lucky country. And um, you know, to go back and work, I, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it. But that's not where my sights are set. Mm. So uh, your I got your IMDb page out, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, and you've got a, it's a, a who's who of every show that's ever been made. But the first thing you were ever on, according to IMDb, is a show called Pizza. It's just, <laughs> it's just called Pizza, Daniel. Uh, that, that's yeah. two episodes. I need to know what is this show? What is this show called Pizza? You know, it's so funny. So there, <laughs> uh, speaking about quality Australian content, maybe, <laughs> maybe this is not one of them. They were making shows uh, just called Pizza and Hamburger. <laughs> yeah, that's it's just people eating. You know, you know what it was? If I remember correctly, because uh, you know, I, I don't even know how that happened. It was before I had any interest in acting or anything like that. But someone was working on the show, and they asked me if I wanted to play a, a cop. So you know, I'd pull over this guy and say, "License and registration, please." And I'm like, "Great, that's it. That's the role." And I, I did it for a lark. I shot for like four hours, and that was two episodes. <laughs> and and uh, and it was uh, you know just one of those things that kind of fell in my lap. Uh, I, I was bored out of my mind. I was like, this is the first time I've really been on a, on a, a set working. And I, um, I was like, man, there's a lot of sitting around. <laughs> there's a lot of sitting around and acting. I'm not sure I want to be an actor. Although when I was, when I was about 15 or 16 years old, we have uh, a show in Australia that's like uh, the staple. It's like the, um, it's like, you know, the farm school before a lot of actors come out called uh, to the States uh, uh, called home and away. Yeah. And, and as, as a high school student in my summers for, for two summers, 
uh, a couple of my friends were being extras on the show and they're like, you should come, man. We make like 30 bucks an hour wow, or 25 bucks an hour to just walk in the background. I'm like, oh, 15 year old kid. I was yeah. like, how many hours are you like eight hours, man? I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> Yeah. So, so there was a couple of summers that I ended up like, you know, as a 15 or 16 year old kid, like, you know, being an extra, that was my, I, I barely remember it now, but, uh, but I was there and I ended up meeting, um, you know, befriending like actors that were on the show at the time, like Isla Fisher. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We always on the show. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So, but, and I don't want to harp on this point. What is pizza about? <laughs> <laughs> what Daniel? Tell me Dude, what it's uh, about, please. I'm not sure I, I, he knows, I man. Say this. I, I I rarely rarely watch the uh, shows I'm in, and I definitely didn't watch that. One. <laughs> Listen, man, if you don't if you don't know what pizza is, you, you, you can't know, know. It's one of those what, things you what, either what, get. You know. Whatever you manifest, whatever you can imagine, right. mate. Yeah. You know, it's, it's probably about ten times better than what it actually was. Pizza's more of a state of mind. It's a state of mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me let me ask you this: you you seem like somebody who who's like a true, uh, a true artist. You're a musician, you write stuff, you produce, uh, you're in movies. I know that you're kind of working behind the camera some. Um, what were some of the, the movies early on growing up that uh, inspired you, not in, in acting, but as an artist that can really appreciate film um, yeah. and, and stuff like that? Yeah, it's a great question, man, because that's where it all starts, you know, where – uh, and I guess that's why so many, you know, Australian actors or foreign actors want to come and work in the States because of the content that we're sort of, with, that we grow up with. We grow up with so many great American television shows and, and films. And pizza. And so, yeah. And uh, pizza. <laughs> um, and so when, uh, when I was growing up, you know, it was, uh, as a kid, you know, you kind of, you're not really operating from an artistic point of view, but you're operating from emotion and feeling. And it's the kind of like feelings that you got watching some of your favorite characters or some of your favorite shows that, that emoted something in you that made you want to be part of something bigger than yourself. And so when I was, I remember really, it's so funny, you know, and it just happens to be one of those films that wasn't popular at the time. But, um, when, when we were kids, uh, I was like maybe 13 or 14 years old. Um, we would have like movie nights, you know, at home, we'd get, go to the blockbuster video store or whatever we, we, we had video easy in <laughs> yeah. australia uh and um and we had a movie night one night i was 14 years old and i remember watching shawshank redemption with oh. a family mm. you know mm. and that was the first time at the end of the movie i it was a beautiful movie there wasn't anything overly emotional about it but i was emotional after the movie i was like you know i'm a crier guys i'm just gonna admit it now <laughs> right um, but yeah, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, I watched that movie and I like, you know, had tears in my eyes and I felt like so inspired and I was like, you know, I just, I, I just really was affected by it, you know. And and there had been some films that I had watched around that period, of, uh, around those formative years that really kind of like affected me uh, in – in that, like, I just felt inspired by them. I felt emotional. I felt connected to the characters. And I also felt like uh, there's something, I, I need to be part of this in some way. And that feeling, that being part of it in some way, was that artistic need to, to create something. Mm. Is yeah. there ever been uh, a show that you were auditioning for or a, or a movie that you were auditioning for 
that we would have heard of that you were really close or you thought you were going to be the guy that got the part and it just didn't go your way? These are usually the best stories. <laughs> okay. Well, I, uh, in Australia, the auditioning process is very different. You know, you'd get a, uh, you'd get a script in and you'll, you'll uh, have like a week to sit with it and you'll go into the casting agent and you usually know them from like, you know, Christmas drinks at the pub or something like that. And they're like, nah, just do it again, mate. And they're looking for this and just take your time. You do like five takes and they'll, they'll talk to you. Here in the States, it's like, here's the script. You're going in in three hours. Like, oh, great, great. Thanks very much. We'll let you know. Right? So it's very fast turnover. You have you get the scripts in you, and you kind of like go in the room and you do it. And you build up relationships with casting agents over good work over a long period of time, which is like, you know, that's the process that I'm – uh, have been going through over the last, you know, eight years of being in the States. But my first audition in America, <laughs> uh, I, I'd always, I'd auditioned for America and I'd book last resort from my living room in, in Bondi beach in Sydney. Right. And I'd self taped it and I'd sent it over. And that's how that whole process went for me with auditioning. But my very, very first audition in the United States was a shock. I walked in the room I thought I had this thing nailed. I was flying over from, I, I believe I was flying in from Hawaii and I'd had this script. I thought it was the most awesome script. It was brilliant. And there was this sort of big monologue that I had to learn. I had it nailed and I walked in the room and this casting agent is going like, uh-huh, great, okay. And I'm like, oh, let me do that again. I'm a bit nervous. He's like, no, 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 I've seen enough. Oh. And I was like, oh, Okay. So it's not like a get close story. It's like a completely bodged the very, very first audition <laughs> I ever had. I, I never saw that casting agent again. And that was for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my so, gosh. Like, his, Pratt, his, like Pratt's, Chris Pratt's role? role? That's exactly right. Oh, oh my gosh. So I went in there and I was like, I got this character. I, I am Quinn, man. I'm, I'm uh, Quill, Quill. I'm Peter Quill. Quill. I, I'm all over this, you know. And, uh, and, and I bodged it with this big, I didn't realize how big this casting director was and I've never seen her again. <laughs> what, oh, what did you do yeah. that was so bad? Did you like flub lines, forget lines, or was it just a bug? Oh, you, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, how do you explain really messing up an audition? Uh, there, there is a, have you ever, have you ever seen someone that's just, have you ever been to a comedy club and yeah. you just watch a a comedian dying on yes. stage and you're like, oh, that's so hard to watch. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's the feeling. Oh, my that. gosh. <laughs> but at least it wasn't for a big role, Daniel. Gee, oh, my goodness. That is wild. That's great. I've always yeah. thought that Chris Pratt just didn't quite have it in no, that role. That's right. And there's yeah, just yeah. somebody else that would be better yeah. for it. Yeah. It's this guy. I, Daniel guys, I, I think he's so awesome, man. I, I'm, I'm a fan of his. He's just got that humor. About about his uh, about the way he delivers lines, you know. So most actors would sort of deliver it in a pretty, you know, straight way. Or this is where he's angry, or whatever. And he just always adds that light touch, which is so much so, fun to watch, you know. So how hard was it for you to go and watch Guardians of the Galaxy after it came out? It was easy, mate. You know, okay. like this is this is one of the things with this industry. You have to have thick skin. You, if you let the failures, you know, 
determine your worth or, you know, if you let the failures <laughs> uh, beat you down, then you're not going to last in this industry at all. You know, I, I, rejection's my middle name. Well, gentlemen. I think <laughs> partially it might be the, the field you're in, but it's also because you're Australian and you just roll yeah. with it. I, yeah. I'm convinced that it's a state of mind that people from Australia have where they're like, no worries. We're just going to get up. We're going to do it again. No big deal. Right. You know, that's on the surface for sure. But, you know, we, we I, I think that that's a sort of uh, stereotypical attitude of course. that people have <laughs> and that's what they, they, they put forward. But, look, you know, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it just does. Yeah. Uh, and and you got to have – it is a head game, you know. you got to have, um, I, I, you know, strength of character and a, a pretty strong belief in yourself to get rejected that many times and, and pick yourself up <laughs> and, and, and then go into the next room with – with confidence, no, I, I've got this, uh, and it doesn't always go that way. You know, there's been so many times that I've walked into rooms and after like getting close or not doing what I wanted to do in the room, uh, and then gone into the next audition and let it affect me. Yeah, you know, you've had you've had multiple episode stints on a number of American TV shows. I'm talking six, five, three episodes. Uh, what's the yeah. best set you've ever been a part of? That's not Hallmark, not Last Resort. So something where you've been there for five or six episodes, or, yeah. or even one episode. You showed up and you just thought it was the best set. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Everyone's so professional. I've shot in Canada a fair bit, and I shoot in the states a bit, and um, and the sets are really kind of professional and slick. And that's you know what you're looking for as an actor, uh, just everyone doing their job so that you can do your job. Because um, we're all just pieces of the puzzle, right? We're just trying to create something. But as far as feeling goes, I really I'm really enjoying. Uh, I the last one I did, the rookie, yeah, um, has. It's shot at uh, Warner Brothers Studios, which is so cool. You know, it's the first kind of like uh, uh, set that I've been on on like a studio lot, and that that is just a buzz in itself. You know, you're kind of driving to set. You got your little driving your golf buggy, and you're driving past. And you know, I drove past Denzel Washington set. Man. You know, a few months ago, and I was like, man, this is so cool. Oh, that's where they shot that. That's where they shot that. Huh. Excuse me. So, in that aspect of things, it's really fun, but. One of the great things about that show is that uh, the the lead cast, led by Nathan Fillion, they're all just uh, positive, good people. It reminds me of of being on set of When Calls a Heart because, really, if you're number one and your producers are of a inclusive nature, um, and we're all part of the team kind of thing, then that really trickles down to everyone. And that's the feeling that I get on that set is that, you know, there's a really nice uh, energy and you are welcomed as a guest. You know, I'm just a guest, mate, you know. So uh, I, I really had a, a tremendous experience feeling welcomed on, on that set. Yeah. Mm. I remember when we went on uh, Home and Family, Hallmark had us on Home and Family. We went on the Universal lot. Yeah. 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 And just yeah, seeing, yeah. like, the good place filming the right there. The good place. Right up the hill is where they filmed uh, uh, the, the Hollywood movie. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Once yeah. Upon a Time Once in Hollywood. The, the, right up that hill. And, so just, and then there's Home and Family Home right there. Yeah. And so just yeah, to be yeah. able to kind of pull up and hear, like, here's all these crazy things that are happening. So it's cool. just It was so, neat. It's wild to be there. It is cool. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. One of the things that I know to be true right now is that one thing I could use is to learn something new. 
That's mm. what I could use. I have a little bit more free time right now. And so why not learn something new? Why not get the old brain moving, the old brain learning something new? And one of the best things you can do for your brain is to learn something, not just new, but something creative, a creative uh, thing that you can put to use. And so maybe there's something like photography or music or uh, digital design that you've wanted to learn how to do, but you didn't know where to start. I am here to tell you how you can get started, and it is with our friends from Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes to help you learn. If you're a curious person, if you're somebody who has always wanted to learn something creative, this is your chance. Skillshare makes it so easy with an amazing list of classes you can take to learn that instrument that you've always wanted to learn, to learn how to design something on the computer so you can make really cool art, to learn how to draw. They make classes uh, so simple to take and to learn, um, and they are giving our listeners two free months of premium memberships um, by going to Skillshare.com slash Hallmark. That's Skillshare.com slash Hallmark to get two free months of Skillshare. Learn something new today. Listen, if you're out there and you have to buy a Father's Day gift, there are a few things you can do that are wrong. You listening, wife? One, wow. One, you can go buy the standard Thai, world's greatest dad coffee mug, what have you. We've done it a thousand times or two. You can order something when you're not sure when it's going to arrive. I've ordered something off social media before, Never and maybe, next thing you know, it's shipped in three weeks. I, I, not here, not now. Have coffee. I got some news for you. <laughs> the Grommet. The Grommet is your place with over 3,000 individual items that would be perfect for Father's Day. It's U.S.-owned companies. They're all entrepreneurs. The Grommet has launched really big brands like you guys heard of Fitbit. Fitbit was on the Gromit before anybody knew about it. I went on the Gromit.com just sure. to look around. I found three things that I wanted immediately. A, a, a personal cooler I could take out while I'm grilling. Speaking of grilling, they have great grilling utensils if your dad likes to grill. Uh, they've got stuff for craft beer, uh, all kinds of great items that you can find at the Gromit. And here's the good news is, it, Father's Day is coming up. You're going to need to buy something anyway. Right now, we're partnering with the Gromit to bring you the great this great offer for the first time that you've ever shopped there. You're going to get 15% off of your Whoa. first purchase. You can't beat it. Here's what you got to do. You got to go to thegromit.com slash Hallmark. That's thegromit, G-R-O-M-M-E-T dot com slash Hallmark, and you're going to save 15% on your entire first purchase. So if you buy more than one thing, 15% off of all of it. Go to the Gromit today for that best Father's Day gift. Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, you love to act. You love to create. Um, you also love to travel. Um, yep. And, yep. and, you know, creating and acting is what kind of allows you to be able to travel uh, and do the things that yeah. you love. Um, uh-huh. let, uh, hypothet- well, uh, hypothetical situation here. You, you yeah, yeah. Uh, get picked up um, uh, for a, a series, lots of episodes, um, and then uh-huh. you get a blockbuster, and you can't travel for, like, a, a long time because of all the work that you're getting. It, are you yeah. are you taking all the work, or is there a part of you that's like I, I, I kind of miss traveling? Like how how do how do you balance that love of travel and kind of uh, you know using it to kind of get a, a right peace of mind while also yeah. doing the work that you love? Well, if I'm lucky enough to be in, in that position where it's you know sacrificing my uh, my travel time to 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 work on the the thing I'm most passionate about, um, look, you know, there's always time. You know, there, there just is always time. You, you have like you know a couple of weeks off and breaks. You've got uh, breaks between 
between, um, you know, projects and things like that. You know, if I was lucky enough to go back to back to back and, and continue down, down that road, then, you know, I think it's really, really important to, um, to, to just have that sort of reset time to, to really, you know, it works great. I love what I do, but it's not all that I do and it's not all who I am. So, so you got to find, you got to find your own balance so that you can actually give what you want to give in, in, you know, whatever you're pursuing at the time. Because if you, if you just go, go, go on, on one thing or another, you'll burn out. So, so so I, I think that I will always find the time to, you know, so what's the, what's the main way that you kind of reset? I know you mentioned travel, but are there any other ways you just, if you, if you can't travel that you just use at home that kind of reset to kind of get into that right headspace? Just get hammered with my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's honest an answer. Um, no, we head down the pub, you know, like, you know, we, we, we go on road trips and things like that. we, there's a million things you can do to sort of reset. You know, I, I, I try, <laughs> I've tried yoga. I, I just can't stick to it. I, I, I meditate sporadically, you know, to, to, to just be like, you know, every, all these, you know, actors like, let's be centered, you know, there's so many ways you can do that with, with yourself. You know, I, I do meditate, I do exercise, but also like, you know, you've got to have, you've got to have a spectrum of, of activities you can do, you, you know, cause I'm not the kind of person that's just all about like, you know, this is my routine. This is how I reset, uh, you know, kind of pretty open to. So you and Paul Green to, would have had some great conversations on the wind calls, the heart set then. I, I love Paul. Uh, you know, uh, honestly, we're, uh, and we got on so well. I really understand the guy. He, I mean, look, you know, what he, Paul presents. A, oh no, uh, he, he's a riot Paul, on our set. No, we had him man. on our show. He's a riot, but he's all about like the routine, taking a cold shower, meditating for X number of minutes, doing the, like, that's all yeah. he, that he, that is his thing. He loves it, man. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really, uh, he's really kind of, I guess got his, got his, uh, lifestyle worked out for himself, you know, which is great. Which is yeah, great because yeah. he it works for him, you know. Anytime I I'm see that guy, he's just listing, I'm more of a Daniel Listing type routine yeah. guy. Oh yeah, go to the pub, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if you sure. ever need to, I mean, what, look, whatever works for you. That's right. If you yeah. ever need to get in the right headspace, you just got to get out of your head. That's right. By getting hammered with the girl. That's, That's what right. I've that, always that, said. That that is exactly right. You know, get in the right headspace. Exactly. We we spend so much time, but, and I'm I'm an overthinker. You oh, know, when sure. I I'm I, I stress over. You know, work stuff mainly, but um, you know, the most important thing is just get out of your own way. It's not that important at the end of the day. So, All the stuff that we worry about, really. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some serious things happening right now right. in in our country and and around our planet, and and we get so caught up in of our own little stuff that that you know, just to get a little perspective is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, tell us, Daniel, how you got into the Hallmark world. Like, how did you, did, did yeah. you just, your agent find out about this, you know, a role or how'd you get introduced yeah. to Hallmark? How'd you find about, out about them? You know, I, I really didn't know anything about Hallmark uh, uh, from coming from Australia. And even, uh, even through Last Resort, it just wasn't on my radar at all. And I did, uh, in 2013, I did pilot season. Uh, I tested for a couple of shows that didn't end up going. Uh, they didn't even shoot the pilot, unfortunately. So uh, that was – I got close to a couple of things then. 
but I was available after that first pilot season and it was about May 2013 where I got a phone call from my agents uh, and managers and, and saying, um, they'd like to test you. Just I, I, be, I believe that it was actually this role of Jack Thornton but was between um, me and Andrew Walker. Wow, and and he was the other actor going in for uh, for the um, for the part of Jack Thornton, and then there was Aaron and another uh, actor uh, actress, and um, and I basically just got these these sides, you know, got the script. Um, I, I I didn't read the script; I read the uh, just the scenes, right? And I went in the next day. <clears throat> And I performed in front of a boardroom of people, the creators of the show, uh, the, the network executives. There was like, you know, 10 people wow. from Hallmark and from the production company just sitting there. And on, um, on a Skype call on this big screen in the boardroom was the CEO of Hallmark from New York, right? <laughs> so, so we're there and I go into the room and I read the scene um, with each of the actresses and then I go and go out and then – we kind of swap around and they're trying to find their right couple. And it was really clear to me uh, being in that room that, uh, that Aaron and I had had something really special, you know, in regards just to just our audition, just our chemistry and just as our, we kind of clicked in regards to scene partners, you know, uh, it was just easy to work with her from the very, very beginning. So it's a very giving actor, you know. Very giving actor, so am I. Very giving, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, mate. It, it, we ended up reading that, and then I ended up having a, a sit-down conversation with the the team there. And then I guess it was—I can't even remember. Maybe a few days later, they they offered the part, and then I discussed it with my team. And you know, it was kind of a fifty-fifty split whether I should take it or not. Um. And I, about your team was split on you taking the role. Like some people on your team were like, no, don't take it. And some were, some were like, yes, take it. It was actually three, three guys. <laughs> actually like you guys. One was like, don't do it. Dude, <laughs> I can tell you right now. Definitely do it. And I was like, I don't know, man, it's kind of up to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was the three way split. Um, and you know, you know, at that point in time, Hallmark had not been known for their uh, television series work, you know? So it was a risk. And it was one of those things where like it could it could be good, it could be bad, it could not last, it could last for ten years, you know. Like no one knew what was going to happen. Uh, some of my team members felt like it wasn't the direction that they wanted to see me going, but I thought that um, it was a sweet family show. I thought that it would be a really good opportunity for me to be, you know, number high up on the call call sheet, you know, as, uh, the male lead of my own show, um, w- you know, working with, with a great actress that I, I knew would deliver. Um, and, and I thought that, all right, whatever happens, the experience of this is going to be priceless, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of just actually being able to, you know, uh, hold a show. And also I didn't know if I could, cause on last resort, uh, I, I was, you know, um, number four on the call sheet, but I wasn't like by any means, um, you know, the make or break of the show. 
or the lead uh, the lead character of the show. I was a supporting character, the best character in my opinion. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, with this one, I felt like this is this is the next challenge. Can I can I um, hold it? Can I be the male lead of a television show and can it be successful? And can can I deliver when it matters? So yeah, I love you, it. you did, uh, you know, five seasons of that. We'll get to your uh, exit in a little bit, but you got to do some Hallmark movies as well, which, yeah. uh, you know, Hallmark movies, we hear, you know, 15 days to shoot. It's, it's kind of a mad dash or in all these locations are doing uh, so many, mm. pa- you know, a dozen pages a day. You're going yeah. crazy. Which is yeah. the, the better environment or your favorite environment, a, sh- a show on Hallmark, like when calls the heart or a movie on Hallmark, or are they very much the same? They're not the same because, you know, as a male lead in, in a film, you, you, like you said, you've got 15 days, you're in almost every scene. It is, uh, there's time crunch, um, kind of going on and it is, it is 15 days, you know, three weeks they shoot for pretty traditionally, um, of just intense, uh, focus and work. And then it's just about keeping up that kind of like stamina. So by the end of that period, you're pretty ready to have a break. Although in season one of when calls the heart, it was like that as well, because I mean, if you, in season one of when calls the heart, it was basically Laurie, Aaron and myself that were like holding the show. And we were basically in every, every scene, you know, or, or thereabouts. And so when you're doing that kind of workload for um, five months, I was really, really sick at the end of season one, you know, because wow. we were like outdoors a lot, uh, shooting in like, you know, minus temperatures and and it was like every scene. And by the end of the first season, I was like gone, you know. And so when they brought in other characters at the end of season one, like they brought in Jack and they brought in, Jack Wagner and Pascal Hutton. Um, and then in season two, they brought in even more characters and stuff. So it just alleviates the workload a little bit. Uh, and also I didn't, I didn't, um, pace myself correctly, uh, during the first season of when calls are hard, because it was the first show I was like, you, you really have to learn how to like utilize your, your energy, uh, as, as a, like, you know, uh, when you're working on a show because there is such long days and then such long weeks and such long months that to sort of sustain that creative energy and that sort of spark, you really have to work out a way to, uh, yeah, to, to sort of conserve a little bit. Were there some thoughts of at the end of season one where you were thinking, man, what have I gotten into? Have I made a mistake? Like I'm, should have listened no, to my I team. should have gotten to listen to my team. No, not at all. Like, you know, it was the best kind of tired I've ever felt. Do, <laughs> felt you, like I was accomplishing something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you, I know that this happens, but how much do you still out in public get fans of When Calls the Heart that come up to you and go, Oh my gosh, I love you and then want to talk to you about Jack? and being dead and not being on the show anymore. How often does that happen? So, so not very often in Los Angeles, but when, whenever I've been outside of Los Angeles, like whenever I, you know, we've been to Disneyland a couple of times and you know, it's like every hundred yards or so someone will come <laughs> up, you know? Uh, yeah. But when I was in, you know, I went to New Orleans 
uh, Carl, been there a couple of times. <laughs> it's not the best place to get recognised. Also, also, uh, <laughs> also in uh, in Nashville. I went to Nashville, yeah. and that's not the best place to get all yeah, recognised as well. But I, I went with my cousin. Oh, my, I was with my cousin Chris, who's like my best mate, and um, we were in. We just spent a, uh, like a week in in uh, Mexico for a mate's birthday, and uh, we went to Nashville together. And we were just, you know, listening to music and drinking and like having a great time, eating like barbecue. It was bloody brilliant. And then I'm walking down the street like, man, I, I love you, brother. <laughs> but, and I, it would not stop. It would not stop because you you have that kind of like region of the country, like, you know, kind of hallmark watches, right? Really around Nashville. And when you've got, when you've got, you know, drunk hardy. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. walking down the street, uh, it's it was really, it was like really, uh, um, kind of, it, it just kind of hit me like I was like, oh, yeah, wow, this is popular show, man. Yeah. You don't really get it in LA, you know. You just kind of get on with your life. But oh, we're, I mean, you know, we're out of South Carolina. That's where we are, and so we're right. You know, we're three hours yeah. from Knoxville, four or five hours from Nashville, and like, right, cool. yeah. If you were walking around here, people would come up to you about wind calls the heart. Yeah, that would most sure. definitely would, happen here in Greenville. Yeah. Not out about right. But still, right, come, right. come visit. Yeah, it's come a great visit place. us for sure. Yeah, no, uh, would love to. Would love to. Beers on Honestly. me. Beers uh, on I love it. Happy days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to get to Jack's. Yeah, you, I, you, Dan, you really know how to get an Australian. That's right. None of this we, fosters crap. We know all the Daniel good pubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, good. the exit. Yeah. Okay, so uh, he, I, th- this is kind of the, the, uh, the, the timeline that uh, we know of. Yeah. Is you, you do the yeah. show, uh, you're at end of season five. Um, uh-huh. this, this happens. You, you're, you're exiting the show. Uh, mm-hmm. you get killed off. And mm-hmm. that's a big deal in Hallmark. Nobody right? kills anybody. Nobody off in kills anybody in Hallmark, and yeah. so it was a big deal. And it was yeah. a big enough deal to where, like afterwards, I, I remember uh, so vividly. It was everywhere. And then you did this Facebook Live thing with Aaron and uh, and uh, and Lori, and it was just like this big like thing. Like we're supporting you. It was very emotional. Um, and so one like. What, what led to the decision? I, it was your decision to, to leave. Um, but, right. but two, like whose decision was it to kill you off? Because we do know that they, they can uh, write you off. They can write you, you off, off. Like if you commit a crime, they can write you off <laughs> so that you can come back later on if you want to. So like how did that come to be in your situation to where, hey, I'm leaving and also uh, you're going to get killed? Well, they were thinking the, the whole like killing Jack off was uh, – how would Jack ever leave um, Aaron? You know, because cause, uh, I mean Elizabeth. You know, yeah. so if if for example, uh, you know, they played that story out and he just left her or whatever, it just wouldn't fly. The only thing that would ever break those two apart would have to be death, right? And he was in a dangerous line of work, so it kind of made made sense for for the exit to be you know they strategized it to, to end that were way were you privy which, to those conversations did you get to share your input on how you thought your exit should be handled yeah i i, I did speak to them and i said that i i just agreed with what they had put forward you know really um true i think that's the that's the only way you could have could have left uh Left the show. Really. Full disclosure, Daniel, I'd never heard of Wind Calls the Heart. We started this podcast, and Brandon informs me that as part of the movies we have to watch, we have to watch the Wind Calls the Heart <laughs> Greatest Christmas Blessing or whatever. It's the first thing you, that, 
Because you guys hadn't haven't actually watched the series. No, not at all. No, but here's the thing. So it was our it was our first year, and it's considered a movie. It's on the list of movies for the holiday season. It's Christmas Day, Wind Calls the Heart, hour and a half movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got to watch it. And so this was the first thing they did without Jack around. This was the f- I th- and, yeah. And I was not privy to any of that information. Brandon just said, hey, people love this show, and they killed off a character, which is very unusual in the Hallmark world. His name was Jack. And so on our podcast, yeah. I just started the podcast by saying, I, for one, am glad Jack's dead. And, and, <laughs> like having Man, you would have been in big big trouble from yeah. the uh, from the hardies yeah. yeah oh i was, oh, he was. Look, he the hardies have gone above and beyond they've written letters they, they they don't like me and that's totally fine but i i was doing it from a place of comedy i didn't actually like i didn't care one way or the other i didn't know who you fine. were um, yeah you know the, the fans of this show are, are like really really avid fans you know i mean they're they're so passionate and it's 99% beautiful positivity, right? It's all like, yeah. it's all good. But then you've got like, like anyone, when you take something too seriously, you can get emotional about it. Yes. And so if, you, <laughs> if you're that attached to um, television characters, which I understand because I've watched shows and I've just been so into the story and so into the characters, but the negativity is... Yeah, you know. I, uh, let me ask you this: What went into the decision with your creative team to say, "Hey, I'm done. My contract's up." I would assume your contract was up anyway. I, I, I'm I'm done with "Wind Calls the Heart." What was what was that decision like? Uh, it was a really tough one. You know, it, it was like, um, yeah, I, I thought about it a a lot. I thought about it over like a, a couple of years. You know. So it, it was a long time coming and I'd sort of, you know, spoken to my team and, you know, the same thing before. It was like one of the guys like, stay on. We love the commission, <laughs> you know. <laughs> of um, yeah. You know, uh, and, and one of the guys is like, no, nah, you, you, you got to move on, man. We got we to gotta keep moving. Was that guy moving. the same guy that said don't do it in the first place or did they flip? Yeah. 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 Same guy. Wow. Okay. It, yeah. And, and, then, and then my – my uh my one of the guys is like you know um whatever you want man you gotta like, follow your heart you gotta you have you it's basically like we're your team we're really? your team that's yeah. right you should i just, would say keep doing it that's right and it would be yeah. like just do whatever and dan would be like i can't yeah. believe you did it in the first place. that's right yeah <laughs> yeah you got you should just fire all your team and just call us for free when yeah. you need it we won't take any money what would your advice have been well it's funny because I think in hearing, getting to talk to these actors, how big of a deal it is to have a TV show that brings you in residuals and how big that is for yeah. paying the bills and stuff. I think there's right. a natural, uh, you know, predilection to just stay on a show as long as they'll have you. I would have in legitimately told you if your heart's not in it, you need to leave money. There is thing. There are things more important than money. You did what you, you, you found out that you could lead a show as the male lead on TV. You don't want to be there. Don't be there. Do the thing that you're passionate yeah. about. That would have been my legitimate advice. And, and to here's you. the thing as an artist, like, you know, I, I dabble in music. Podcasting is a form of an art form. And so if, if you're doing something that's art and you're not being fulfilled by that art, it, it's not only bad for you as an artist, it's but, it's, but it's affecting the art. Yeah, and so like you, you got you got it. You got to get out. I will have said you need to make as much right. money as you possibly can. <laughs> Sell your soul, do whatever you need to do. Uh, well, you know, I, I, they they hallmark. You know, look, they look after their actors so well. Honestly, I, I 
I, I love I loved working with Hallmark. Uh, they always always um, looked after me in in the business aspect of things and also the personal aspect of things. You know, they were kind of like when you're uh, when you're in, you're you're in, and they'll uh, they'll do anything to accommodate you creatively, whatever you want to do, and also really open to like helping your career grow. So, and that was the best thing because because the way it happened was I I took out the producer of the show and the um, executives from Hallmark, right? And I just sat down at lunch and I explained where I was coming from, and and they're like, "We support you, mate." You know, awesome. which was which was who does that. Yeah. Hallmark does that is yeah. really, it was really like a, um, a pretty remarkable, um, uh, you know, so I'm way I'm, to go about it. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm definitely putting quotes together here and this is not meant to be a gotcha question, but you said, um, in the intro, hi, I'm Daniel. And I used to be in Hallmark movies. And then you said, when you're in, you're in mm-hmm. is what you said, but you never said what happens when you're out. And so my question is, is that <laughs> it's, it's pretty clear that, that Hallmark acting is past tense for you. Um, what, well, not from my point of view. I mean, not, you know, I, I'd, I'd happily work uh, with, with Hallmark again. Okay. Okay. So, but, but do, you, do you think it's on their side? Do you think they're kind of like, hey, you left us in the middle of the show and so we enjoyed working with you, but we, we don't want to put you on anything else? Do you think that's like what they're thinking? Well, I, I, I wouldn't speculate what, what other people are thinking. Well, I just know what I'm thinking. Okay. The good news is... <laughs> they, that's the answer. That, that's all I needed. The good news is, is they definitely have somebody driving the ship over there. That's right. right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They definitely so have a CEO in charge. I, I think yeah. the exciting part about this is, is that... Now the Hardys get to hear in real time me telling Daniel Lissing <laughs> that that it was good that he quit. <laughs> I want to. So you, perfect. Wanna, I'm glad we got to do this. I want to ask you this because I think it's an important. Like from like this is this is art to you. And so, yeah. are you the type of person where five seasons of any show would have you would have been burned out of, or was it just a type of content like you wanted to do something maybe maybe edgier or maybe just different content? Then one calls the heart, or or is it just a time thing for you, where you're the type of person that wants to do something, and then I want to move on and do something else? No, no, no. I I think that you know I'm I'm pretty, you know, despite this, uh, you know, one example of um, me leaving a show, I'm pretty loyal uh, to the the productions I'm I'm working for 100. percent But you know, for me, well, just to tell you guys, you know, over the last two years since I've left, I've been writing a series, you know, I've been creative. I've got a, so, you know, when I got the bug doing that short film in Australia yeah. and I said that there's this American director that came over, uh, working with him, I collaborated with him on that short film and I'd finished it and I was like terrible in it because it was like one of the first things that I'd really done. <laughs> but, um, but I'm remained friends with that guy and his name's Mike Good and we created a short film called The Answers if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. In mm-hmm. fact, Dan, you'll like it. I love it. I love right. it. Let's the answers. It. Check it out. It's beautiful. It's on YouTube. Um, and then, uh, and, and so we made that together, Mike and I. We, we're writing and producing partners now. So we're creating a television show, writing, producing, and we're, you know, once we we can, uh, we're going to start pitching this thing around and. And you know, I want to I want to create content myself. Uh, I, I really I really want to create um, 
television shows that I am um, that I, I also want to star in them as well, you know. So that's the catch for these networks. They're like, yeah, here's this beautiful, amazing script. I'm starring. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's, you know, to, to be a producer, writer and creator of a show that I'm starring in, I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to take control of my own career. I think, I think it's that he wants to wear a mustache and beard and Hallmark said no. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> that's all it is. That's, all it, is. that's it. It's all about the face. <laughs> yeah. So have that's you. That's it, mate. I, I just stopped. I was uh, I clipped uh, yesterday and I, I sort of got here and, and uh, Nadia was like, stop. I love it. Leave oh. It. And I'm like, great. Okay. Done. done, done. Look. To, to kind of piggyback off of it, I too love it. So uh, we've had a lot of eye contact now and I just wanted to just tag team in audio and, and panda both yeah, love it two thumbs up i mean yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. i respect it i mean uh, i know she's your girl and everything but panda i mean Come on. listen i just wanted to tell you man uh i'm flattered mate I'm flattered. you're welcome man uh so overall you would say you're happy with the decision you made to walk away and to you know explore this new i don't know angle of your life you find a lot of fulfillment in that sure sure yeah i, I do find fulfillment in that uh i've also got you know i'm not uh, I've got businesses as well that I've sort of um, invested in and uh, I'm nurturing as well outside mm. of the acting world. So I'm just, you know, it's just one of those industries that you just never know where your next job is coming. It's 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 pretty sporadic when it's on. It's great. You know, you can really earn some, some uh, great money and a great living. Uh, but when it's not, then you're not earning a thing, right? And the whole idea is to, or the dream is anyway, is to pursue my passion and earn a living from mm-hmm. it, right? And so that's a tough, tough ask for, for so many people. Uh, I'm just really, really fortunate enough to be able to, to um, you know, have business in line with my passion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I yeah. would just say if you're looking to invest, like there's a small podcasting startup in South Carolina. That's right. Um, yeah. That could uh, that would take your money. I, yeah. I think double it like immediately. So yeah. that's just like I, I don't know. If you're saying sure. we double it right away. Right away. Wow. Well, it's a right away double. Doesn't sounds like a lie. When you're good. When you're, <laughs> when you're good. When you're good. You're good. Um, man, like it was. It's great to hear what you're working on because that's really exciting. I think. Um, yeah. like a, a lot of, a lot of people uh, that are maybe hardies see you leave and they're bummed out about it, but I hope that they can hear that you're doing something that you're passionate about and get excited yeah. for you mm-hmm. because that's like, like that's, that's, that's the, that's the goal for everybody is to do the thing that they love. Um, and that's so, exactly right. You know, and so, so let me say to the, the hardies as well that are going to be watching this cause I'm sure they'll, they'll jump on that. I love them, you know, like they're, they're such loyal fans. Look guys, um, I'm telling you with everything, <clears throat> that I've done, um, since Hallmark, uh, they're, they're, they're still supportive. They're, they're with me, you know, and I'm really grateful for that, honestly. So thanks guys. Wow. Out there. Is it really, really. Fire and it's, and it's good. And also, you know what it, you know what it does is, is like, you know, the fans of when called the heart and the real kind of fans of, of Hallmark content are, uh, because they're fans of mine are sort of watching shows that they maybe normally wouldn't watch. And some of them are like, this ain't for me, not even close, but others are like, "Ah, I love this. This is great. So, you know, you, you follow an actor, you've got to get introduced to to new kinds of content as well. And that's always good. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love um, it. Is it rapid fire time? Yeah. Uh, I would just, first of all, of all, I would just say uh, a big Kringles to you. Kringles. Um, thank you for introducing Kringles. us to the world of Kringles. It's been really good for us. Uh, so, right. so Kringles. Uh, rapid fire time is the part of the show where we each get to ask you three questions uh, about anything under the sun, um, and you get to answer it. You get the privilege of answering these questions, and That's they're right. always really good, especially mine. Right. Panda, would you like to kick us yeah, off? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Your go-to arcade game. Oh, Pac-Man. Mm. Your favorite American movie of all time? Mm, Shawshank Redemption. Love it. Um, you, you've been to Disneyland, uh, so I've heard. Uh, what's your favorite ride at uh, Disneyland, and how long would you be willing to wait in that line? <laughs> well, Space Mountain yeah. and Indiana Jones is good too, but I think Space Mountain. Uh, too long, mate. Too yeah. long. No, no, no fast pass. No fast pass. Mate, I went with my dad and we stood, stood in this line for like an hour and 50 minutes or something like that. I'm like, what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> <laughs> We're adults. <laughs> Best restaurant you've ever eaten at? Ooh, I love Il Cielo. In, um, it's an Italian restaurant in, uh, in Beverly Hills. And um, Galito's Cadel is an Argentinian steakhouse just down on Melrose. Ooh. Mm. Couple yeah, of, uh, hungry. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of great restaurants in LA that I'm, I really, oof, I love. Mm, man. Um, what's the thing from Australia, whether it be a food or an item or anything, that they just don't, they can't recreate, they can't make it as good here in the United States? Vegemite, mate. Vegemite. Seriously? I have to get it, I have to get it sent over. I'm a Vegemite addict. I spend my time making the toast golden brown and right after it comes out the butter is ready to spread so you got to get the butter oh on fast so it melts in and then you got the vegemite mate just to, and uh, the way i've never had vegemite the way it looks is a little off-putting like i don't know if i want to try the way it, it tastes is off-putting mate the way it tastes, <laughs> so there's actually this video of aaron and laurie on set back in the day a few years back and i make them vegemite toast oh, man. and and the reaction is uh <laughs> Is pretty is pretty good. I'm sure that's out there somewhere. Um, yeah, but what else in Australia? No, that's about it. I that mean, was the know. stereotypical. That's that's the answer. That's yeah. the Vegemite sandwich. A Vegemite sandwich is the answer, right? Yeah. There we go. Um, so you uh, you grow up in Australia. You you you're able to you have this idea of America in your mind. America media, American politics, yeah. all that stuff. Coming over to the states, was America? Similar to what you kind of had in your mind, or just completely different than what you were right. So when I when I uh, first came to Australia, uh, America, I was seven years old. So we wow. came on a on a family holiday. I was seven years old. We were in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Hawaii, and uh, I I went back with a little American accent. I was rolling my eyes, you know, walking around <laughs> like a. Um, and, and that was like the, the 1988 that was, you know. So that was like uh, America um, and from a kid's perspective. Uh, but as an adult perspective coming back over, it was a very different story. And especially nowadays where I am very, very engaged in what's happening in American politics because that's basically what our show is about that we're writing over the last two years. So um, it's comedy, though. <laughs> really? Uh, it, it has to be, doesn't it? It what's has it, to be. Does it have a it title? It has to be. What's it called? It, it has to be. I'm, no, I mean, we're, we're playing around with a few titles. Okay. But our, our titles are uh, – it's untitled at the moment. Okay. But, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
we'll get there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, that's something that, that as an adult coming over here, um, there are so many beautiful things about living, uh, and, and especially working in America. Um, there really is great opportunity in my industry. Uh, if you happen to, uh, capitalize on the opportunities given, um, uh, but there's a lot of stuff that, that needs work. Yeah. Dan, just promise me this. When you sell this show to a mm-hmm. network or to Netflix yes. or whatever, you text me and you say, hey, I'm ready to make the announcement. You don't go. You don't have come here. You don't have your people send it out as a press blast. And so it gets picked up by everybody. <laughs> you bring it here first. You make you the, the announcement. Exclusive? We want the exclusive. Want the That's exclusive. basically That's what we're what asking we for. Yeah, Can yeah. you promise me that right now? Promise me right now. <laughs> What's, what's, let me ask what your reach is, guys. <laughs> Ten, like a deadline Hollywood? Uh, it is. Uh, it's, uh, hey, we, we have had over in under two years, we've had over two million people listen. That's so beautiful. It's Good. not. Congratulations. It's great. not uh, awesome. as big as an actual press release, though. I'm sorry to say. But you could give it to <clears> us <throat> first and then immediately do the press release afterwards. And they would think so, they got it first. We just have. Can, I do, can I do it simultaneously? Sure. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, do yeah, a simultaneous yeah. blast. Yeah. But we get to. Right. Be on the but blast I'll, first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just have your mics ready. We're yeah. not on the same blast. We're always we ready. We would be interviewing and the blast would go. Right, I hear you, but we're still on Okay, whatever. Blast it's a blast. Ask your last question. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're, rapid we, fire. Rapid fire ended up you know, yeah, yeah. spinning out. Yeah. It's a slower fire. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's just a small, like it's just a smoldering, smoldering ashes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when all this quarantine ban lifts and oh, we get a chance to fly on over and hang out uh, for the day, wh- where are we doing? Just as bros hanging out or as mates, as you would mate. say. You know what? Why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we come over, have a couple of beers at my house, and cook you a couple of barbecue steaks, whatever, and oh, we'll yeah. just we'll just chill, mate. We'll just I, chill. I will be honest. I have never had an Australian cook me something on the barbie, and it has been <laughs> something I've always wanted. And you know what? We're uh, uh, hopefully we're coming out in October. Coming out in October. That's right. And so, all right. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, that'd be great, guys. You know, re- honestly, no joke. Reach out. We'll hang. Barbie. I love Man, it. this Look guy. I mean. Hey, I've got a question for you, Daniel. And you think about it. Uh, what's the most expensive beverage you've ever drank or or purchased? Either somebody bought it for you or you purchased it yourself. Most expensive. Dan's you've not ever a had. guy who drinks, though. That's what I. He's no. not. He's not somebody no. who likes. He to and I would never. No. <laughs> we wouldn't get on, mate. No. Um, so I bought a bottle that was that was uh, that was up there. So you remember how I told you my uh, my cousin Chris is like my best mate yep. in the world. Um, so his thirtieth birthday, I bought him a thirty year old Macallan. Oh my! Yeah, that's yeah. over so a thousand bucks. That's like what fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. That's a that's Something a big like time. Yeah, yeah. So that was the most expensive uh, drink that I had or bottle that I'd bought. But we I, I want to do it again for him on his fortieth. So man, well, Macallan forty. Well, if I can find a Macallan 40, they're hard to come by. They're going at about five grand. That's, your, days, that's so. your entire December bride paycheck. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's, that's some serious money, Daniel. That is no joke. 
and just well, know, you know if the businesses keep continue to go well, we'll, uh, we'll be all right. <laughs> just know that we expect the same when we That's come right. October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same, same thing. We're coming on October the twenty fifth, so right. it's a twenty five hey, so year. Right. Twenty is twenty five. Uh, yeah, I'll, ha- I'll have the bullet ready. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I'll, I'll end with a travel question. You love traveling. You've been to so many uh, amazing places. Where's somewhere that you haven't been that is on your uh, bucket list to to go to? Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. So, um, Nadia, Nadia's dream destination is the, the Maldives, right? And this is very tropical, and I'm I'm all about that. But actually, I want to go to Antarctica, oh. and then that way I can I can cross off every continent. Then, man, wow. that's the only one left. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Daniel, how can yeah. people uh, find you on the socials, follow you, and all that good stuff, and stay up to date? Um, and obviously, find out when you when that show is going to come out. Obviously, after you announce it on our show, but still yeah. follow you on the socials. It, sure, guys, you you will be the uh, second to know. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you can follow me on uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, it's Daniel Lissing. That's it. I'm the only one with the blue tick next to it. So if you're getting messages from fake Daniels out there, mm. if it's not with a blue tick, there is no other private accounts. Just I've so told you Brian know, to stop doing that so many times. <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy won't. behind all your fake accounts. It's, you? That's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. fun. It's like, hey, remember me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on that show. Uh, I, I keep getting messages. These people are out there. You like pretend to be me trying to ask fans for money. Oh. I'm like, guys, come on. So it's just the one with the blue tick. That's it, guys. That's it. The, the verified accounts. That's it. Awesome. Dude, you find me there. Just Daniel, you are the best, man. Thank you for giving mm-hmm. up your time to us this afternoon. Thanks, and we really, really appreciate it. We hope uh, everything goes well. We wish you the best, man. Wish you guys the best, too. Appreciate it. And Thank we you. always end by wishing our guests and our listeners a very mm-hmm. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Friendly TV and recorded live in Greenville, South Carolina at the Bramble Jam Podcast Network Studios. It's produced by Brandon Gray. You can find out more information at deckthehallmark.com.